0: Hello and welcome to Leadership Playbook, a London Business School podcast, where we explore the latest thinking and key issues for leaders and those aspiring to lead. I'm Vila Rollins, Executive Director of the Leadership Institute at London Business School. Since the pandemic, increased attention has focused on when and where work should be done, including conversations on remote versus co-located working, flexible hours, and even four day weeks. In addition, since the formal launch of ChatGBT in November 2022, questions of how the work is done and even what the work is have taken center stage. In response to those events, LBS recently drew together a panel of experts who had a thought-provoking discussion on the future of work and hybrid working. In this podcast, the distinguished panel discusses a range of questions and offered insights into what comes next. The panel included Juliet Ehiman, Director of Google West Africa, Richard Downs, founder and CEO of igloo.com, and Catherine Moore, Managing Director of Commercial Banking, EMS Solutions at JPMorgan Chase Commercial Banking. The discussion was moderated by Kathleen O'Connor, Clinical Professor of Organizational Behavior and Director of Executive Education at London Business School. Let's join Professor O'Connor and her guests to hear what emerged during their lively conversation. You can listen to it now.
1: Welcome, happy reunion to the three of you. Welcome back to campus. Um, it's great, yeah, it's great to have you. So I was asked to chair this panel. I teach our demo class, which is to the, exe- any executive MBAs, any EMBAs out there? Oh, a good number, right? So, no, you, you wanted to be, it was kind of a wishful, See, if there, no, 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 SEMBA counts. SEMBA counts, Jamba counts, you don't need to worry about these things, right? But absolutely. So I teach our required management and leadership course. And as I put together my syllabus for the autumn, I would I want to learn something about the future of work, which is part of the reason why I said I'd be happy to chair this panel. As I look ahead, I think hybrid working is going to be a piece of it, but I'd like to expand that conversation. But let's start with hybrid. So. I love this. I love the phrasing of this question that I that I uh, that I shared with a colleague of mine on a spectrum. If I can uh, ask it this way, between the hardcore approach of Jamie Dimon, J.P. Morgan Chase, and the more flexible, personalized approach of many employers in other sectors, how would you describe your firm's approach? I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit about that, and also kind of the hows and the whys. So I think for that one, I will start with Kat. Kat, welcome.
2: You've already described my firm's approach, (laughs) which is okay. Uh, But maybe I can give a little bit of context around it. So uh, we are in a hybrid working environment, which means most people come in three days a week. Our managing directors are expected to come in five days a week. Mm -hmm. That said, even during the pandemic, 50% of our staff never went home because we have a lot of employees that physically have to be in their locations to do their job operations, as an example. I manage product in commercial banking, and at the time I was in the US, and we had to make sure that we had employees who are going to lockbox locations, and that's where checks get deposited, because yes, in America, we still love the checks. And we had people in Chicago, where I was living, that needed to traverse not just COVID, but also civil unrest in order to get to their jobs, Mm -hmm. right? So there's a a kind of compulter and component of how do we all support each other, and that started before the pandemic, through the pandemic, and now that we're out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. One of the key things really is around flexibility. We do provide flexibility. I've never known the firm in my 13 years of working there to never be mm-hmm. able to you know, not help you when you needed to be helped. But the things that we're finding is that you know while we all executed well from home,
0: mm-hmm.
2: we performed well, that was because we had the relationships to leverage before we got home. Mm-hmm. Now we have maybe a third of our staff who have joined in the last three years, and they don't have those same relationships. And many of them, this was their first job. Mm-hmm. So how do we actually start to build that culture, get the relationships so that we can innovate, mm-hmm. and we can actually execute for the way forward? Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, what we're trying to do is establish a culture, and we're putting you know, a, a line in the sand to say mm-hmm. this is our culture. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there will be people who vote with their feet because, frankly, it's just not going to work for them. But that, I think, is the same in any culture. Mm -hmm. I am also noticing a difference in the UK now that I've been back for about nine months. People seem to be pretty happy to come into the office. Mm -hmm. Like a Thursday, you can't even find a desk. Mm -hmm. People, of course, want to do drinks at night and, you know, (laughs) it's just still the way London rolls and that's cool. But in the US, a lot less uh, happiness. We just hit our employee survey and the work-life balance scores were not great. So we have a lot of work to do to make it, I think, um, an environment that everybody's going to be happy and adjusted to do. Yeah, thank you for that. Hopefully that helps. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> Anybody else want to comment on this? I don't know, Richard, if you've got a take?
3: I, I, th- I think from, from igloo, mine and Igloo's attitude has changed a lot over the last 10 years. I I guess for me, working from home 10 years ago was like a Skyverse charter, right? you <laughs> like, oh, they're working from home. That's a euphemism, four feet up, whatever. Right. Yeah. And, and I live part of my time in Spain and part in the UK. Whenever I wasn't in the UK with my team, they were kind of thinking, oh, you're Sangria and you're on the beach, right? And I was conscious of that. And I was like, I've got to spend more time in the office with the people, uh, with everyone. And now, however, it's completely different for us. We're we're obviously learning from the pandemic and technology has enabled us to work completely remotely where we can. Challenges still remain around onboarding, uh, so it's good for recruitment, because people like it. It's I mean, yeah. self-selecting, it's great for recruitment, but the, the challenges around onboarding and training, yeah. you know, the office used to draw glue mm. and where I could have many, many micro conversations with people, yeah. much harder to do that in a, in a Zoom. Uh, and also the hybrid, you know, those on Zoom, and those in the room, it's much harder to do, to mix that mm. at, at, at the same time, mm-hmm. um, we're finding. Yeah. Um, Hopefully that might change. I mm-hmm. mean, one of our customers, for example, does a lot of work who's a writer, a mm-hmm. well known Scottish writer. Every year he books a Cunard transatlantic cruise and he chooses that's his detox time to finalize his book, mm-hmm. uh, which he does every year. So people are choosing where to do their work yeah. relative to what's important to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're on the you know, 20% back. Okay. I think we still have a bias to, that more people come back. Mm-hmm. But it's what, you know, we're managing it. And, and I think we're taking the positives as well as the mm-hmm. challenges.
1: Thank you for that.
4: Julia, tell me about Google and what sure. Google's expecting. Yeah. Sure. So I think for sure the way we work changed forever. And it's going to be hard to go to how life was before the pandemic. Uh, from a Google perspective, we were one of the organizations very early on when the pandemic started to mandate working from home, really from an employee health and safety perspective. And what we've done since then has been just monitor the trends over time in different locations. So we haven't a a one size fits all across the globe Mm -hmm. towards returning to office. We've looked at the polls, the the data around, obviously the pandemic Mm -hmm. and uh, other factors and then in different phases, invited people to return to the office. And we've also done that in, in phases. So first of all, there was a voluntary come back to the office. In, initially, it was a mandatory work from home mm-hmm. and then a voluntary work from office. And, you know, in certain locations, we saw that you know, up to 40, 40% of uh, employees at least would come into the office, you know, mm-hmm. one day a week. And then we moved into a hybrid situation, which is what we're operating right now, because we've just seen that, you know, it's there are certain advantages to working from home, you know, cutting out commute time for sure, you know, and in some cases, just being able to focus, right? fewer distractions, depending on what's going on in your home environment, of Mm -hmm. course. And also um, being able to have you know some semblance of a a, a stronger work-life balance because you have more flexibility Mm -hmm. to organize your day in a way that works for you but you know the collaboration you have coming into the office being able to have those water cooler conversations Mm -hmm. what was interesting because we did surveys quite regularly over the period uh, you know during the lockdowns etc what was interesting was (coughs) the fact that you would expect that working from home People would be feeling a lot more relaxed, like everything would, um, you know, there'll be less stress, et cetera. But we found out that in many cases, you know, well being was an issue and people were a lot more stressed because everything turned out to be a meeting. You know, if you're in the office, you can just walk over to someone's desk to have a conversation, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But in this case, everything was a meeting. Or if you had challenges, you could just speak to your your colleague, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. sitting next to you and all of that. But in the mandatory work from home situation, you were all by yourself and you had to put time in calendar to engage with people. So, and then of course there was just, uh, you know, people just found that there were so many meetings and all that. Mm -hmm. And so we found that the balance is really important, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's great for people to have the the space the time and to save you know commute time but also to have an opportunity to engage and collaborate Mm -hmm. which is why we've moved into the hybrid work situation and so we mandate working from the office three days a week Mm -hmm. and we ensure that the three days are the same three days within each function so that you're actually meeting your colleagues when you come into the office. It's optional if you want to do five days, but Mm -hmm. it's mandatory that you do three days and then two days work from home. And also, you know, over four weeks, you can opt to work remotely from anywhere as well. So just trying to solve for the flexibility that people, you know, have gotten used to Mm -hmm. from the pandemic and just really making sure that, you know, we find that balance and, you know, we keep learning to see what works. Thanks, Julia.
1: Let me i want to move on to a, i've got a couple more questions um one is and this is my own is about a four-day work week right there's a lot of there's a movement here i'm seeing some skepticism already i say four <laughs> days and somebody goes like this absolutely not. <laughs> somebody else goes like this yeah that's for me um but i'm really uh, there is a movement right afoot here in the uk and there have been a number of companies that have signed up for this experiment you you pay a full-time salary and you get four days of committed work and then a three
4: day, right, three days off
1: per week. So I definitely want to hear from the panel.
4: So um, at the moment, we're still working through the hybrid model. It's been, for the most part, it's been very positively received. We've had some really positive feedback. We're still settling into it, and we continue to learn and see what's working, because at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, it's about employee well-being. Mm -hmm. It's also about productivity. Sure. And so we're just keeping uh, our ears close to the ground and giving time to see, you know, how things work with mm-hmm. the hybrid situation, but also getting you know, feedback to get a, a good sense of, you know, what sort of evolution we need to do next. Mm-hmm. I, like the, I appreciate that it's
1: data driven. Right. So I understand. And I like the fact that you're saying it's both productivity and employee well-being. Right. Those are the data that you're going to be paying attention mm-hmm. to. Richard, and it,
3: similar, it's, it's, similar, for us, it's step by step. We've just gone through a massive change in yeah. working environment. Let's mm-hmm. see how that settles down. We don't, I don't believe it's a one size fits all privilege for knowledge workers to be able to flex like that as opposed to logistics or whatever. There are obviously employees that would prefer to work four days a week and yeah. they might be working parents, for example, or whatever their personal circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's totally cool. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we want to support that as opposed to this is how we work. Right. That's a that's another as a say step of by are, step.
1: Yeah. So Richard, if, excuse me. So you're really putting it under flexibility, right? Yes. There's something yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. if you if you need to do four days, if you prefer that, that could be something that we can have a conversation about a negotiation
2: about potentially. Mm-hmm. That. Um, that's one if of the things not not that it. we offer. Okay. Uh, that, it is it, offered. Yes, it is absolutely right. offered. I know mm-hmm. we do offer flexible work. Who knew? Uh, but, but can I press a little bit at full pay? Yes, absolutely, okay, yeah, great. 10 That's hour days, after. four days, we got it and we do job shares uh, as well so there's different sure. arrangements that we can work out what I have noticed, yeah. which is I think the challenge of if you only have a few people doing it or it's not more of a wholesale change, yeah. you have people who end up getting on meetings and calls on Fridays on or on, on their fifth day, right, okay. so it, it is a, a little bit more challenging I think to got implement it. and particularly for the people who the expectations
1: are that they're going to be yeah. there, right? right? So if they're not, yeah. it takes a little yeah.
2: bit. so it's sort of all or nothing. I would have thought for a group. Got it.
1: So I'm going to stop us there because, I, I, again, in the, we have about 15 minutes left. And and I, top of mind here at the school right now is generative AI, ChatGPT. You know, I we all uh, we had an experiment. I I I had to put my um, exam this term through my midterm exam and my final exam through ChatGPT just to see what the quest the answers were like and. They were very reasonable not particularly connected to the readings or the sessions or the guest speakers but perfectly reasonable responses that a quick grader might say yeah that all sounds reasonable right and yeah so so it is something that question for us will be what does an assessment mean how do we give assessments are we going back to i mean i'm a big proponent of we've got to teach this stuff we've got to figure out how to use it we want to have the conversation but when it comes to my class i can't believe i'm going to be on record for this I want a blue book and a pen, you know? And I've been told we can't do that because people don't know how to write. So, I, you know? I will give them some coaching. I went to Catholic school. I had nuns. I will teach you how to write in cursive. These are real, right? I went. I went just again, personal. I went to a, an orthopedic surgeon recently and he had, and, and he, we're waiting on the radiologist to take a look at this. I said, why do you radiologist? Don't you have a I? Right? don't you have somebody who's going to just look at the I mean you don't need a person anymore right I mean we need people to do lots of that kind of thing right where are we going where's the world headed so with all that as a prelude where are you on generative? are you thinking about generative AI are you is it on the agenda are you thinking about how do we partner with it how do we what might it replace how do we use it how do we train people to use it more effectively Where are we? If I can start Juliet with Google, I would imagine it must be high on the agenda, right? Because very high. It's a competitor, (laughs) isn't it? It's gonna be or the way search works is going to look very different, isn't it?
4: Yes. So AI has been on the agenda for years now. Okay. And right now we're pivoting a lot of our operations to just really focus on AI. And it's been integrated in a lot of our products over the years. For us, the main objective is just really how do we ensure that we can use AI to provide solutions mm-hmm. for that make lives better, mm-hmm. um, you know, help businesses and so on. And just to give some examples, mm-hmm. if I take Gmail, we've been incorporating AI into the features that are available. So for example, Smart Response, Smart Re- Reply, and more recently Help Me Write, where you can just give a command, You know, I want to request for a refund of mm-hmm. my plane ticket and the system would generate a, an email for you, pulling information from other emails that have your ticket information mm. and all of that. So quite an intelligent response. And then with Google Maps as well, we are combining AI and official information mm-hmm. to locate buildings and be able to create maps at scale. That's particularly helpful mm. in you know, my part of the world in Africa, yes. where where some cases buildings are not Numbers, clearly yeah. numbered. And so using AI, we're able to achieve scale with time. Google Photos is another one mm-hmm. where photo editing has been a feature that has been refined over the years. And we have about one point over 1.6 billion image edits every mm-hmm. month on Google Photos. And that's all powered by AI. Okay. And of course, we in February we announced BARD. Which is our own conversational AI, like ah. ChatGPT, and a number of technologies as well, Gemini, Palm, okay. uh, Lambda, etc. So okay. it's very front and center, and we're constantly looking at, you know, how do we make Apple sure systems. that this is a yes, yeah. a- applicable to our, um, make things better.
1: Very interesting, Richard. What about our? Is this looming? Is this on the horizon? How are you going to?
3: It's hugely exciting. Yeah, and we don't know. You know, it'll it should drive efficiencies, better selling prices, and sure. You know, but at the same time, you know, it could be hugely disruptive to our business. So yeah. You know, like I, I'm guessing every business is looking at going, where, where can it add value, and where's the left field in, yeah. uh, disruptor coming from? Yeah. And yeah, so we're looking at all that. We're also mm-hmm. currently a bit concerned about data, mm-hmm. uh, and particularly employee and customer data. You know, and the out, safety of the, the data yeah. around that, particularly yep. in Europe, obviously. Yep. And you know, who who owns it? How do we protect it yep. adequately? And and ultimately. How is that gonna, okay, I guess move forward over time? Who owns that data? I think okay. there's gonna be a moving shift yep. around that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know, hugely exciting because mm. we are a, in our in our field in mm-hmm. ski and cruise, we're, mm-hmm. we're a data-driven online company. I right, compared yep. to a lot of our competitors that aren't. Mm-hmm. So we feel we should be able to use it. You, you know, yeah, to your advantage. Better than yep. no. Disruptors could come from the right here, or they yeah. could come from anywhere. You know, any, anywhere, really, Yeah. You know. So uh, it, it's, you know, we need to be on our toes yeah. to see what we can do that's special and differentiated and value-add mm-hmm. like any company needs to look sure. and say, you know, but we can't ignore it. Yeah. You know, it's
1: here.
3: no, no. no, it's here. Glass half <laughs> full. How can we manage it? And
2: absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'd say in the external context or, you know, business context, we're doing quite a lot. It, it more with machine learning than we are with mm. AI in, mm-hmm. in my space. Because yes. we're trying to figure out how we process better, fewer error rates, Got know, make people's jobs easier. Come back mm-hmm. to my lockbox example. Mm-hmm. How do we make sure that we can actually fill in data to, to, yep. to get processed? I'd also say, though, in the productivity side, in the, in the internal side, it is more around information sharing. So, to your point, how do you? actually get done. We have a huge employee base. We have a huge number of, of resources and documents, and it's daunting to find mm-hmm. things. And sometimes it's the, hey, I'm emailing somebody six hours behind me. I have to wait right. for them to wake up to go and find something. Actually, we're trying to do more with tools mm-hmm. so that you can actually get to that information mm-hmm. yourself. Got it. So I think it's more around productivity sure. and how do we think about it internally um, to, to help each other out.
1: Fine. Thank you for that. Thank you for the, the kind of where you all are. And, and I want to finish with a, with a question. I'm going to crowdsource something with you since you're all alums in the school. Um, this is part of the, and this is why I sort of mentioned the four-day work experiment, that they're collecting the data, right, that these are, this is an experiment. There is a set of uh, cases, the companies, groups, and controls. And you can track things like, what. and I'm sure that you're doing it as well you know, productivity and well-being and culture and collaboration. You can measure all of these things and then making much more informed decisions. Because one of the things I do worry about as someone who teaches culture is that there is a belief that in order for culture to be transmitted appropriately in the office, but I think that doesn't really capture that what culture is, a set of behaviors and it's a set of values and they don't have to be communicated just in the workplace, right? So we've got a number of cases that we use. And I know that you're not saying that either. I'm sort of setting up a straw man a little bit here. But that if you understand what it is that you want people to do, you can come up with the rituals and the behaviors and the rewards and the right that that will enable that to happen. I guess that's kind of the essence of what I'm trying to say. So to our panel, to Kat and to Richard and to Juliet, thank you so much. I've learned a lot. It's, um, it's been, and to our audience also, thank you for your very smart questions and your provocation. Uh, thank you very much.
0: You've been listening to Leadership Playbook, brought to you by the editorial team at Think at London Business School. Follow us here for more episodes or find us on iTunes or Spotify. For more faculty research insights, go to london.edu forward slash think. You can also sign up there for our free regular email newsletter to get updates on our latest publications direct to your inbox. And finally, don't forget to leave us a review or rating, which helps new listeners to find us.